Welcome to the AWS Edge Chat Podcast. I'm a specialized solution architect with a passion around Edge. In each episode, I'll dive into the world of Edge, talk about interesting developments, what you need to know, and what it means to our customers. Hello, my name is Shane Baldacino, and this is episode six of the AWS Edge Chat Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. It's hard to believe it's March already. So in this month's episode of AWS Edge Chat, I'm going to be covering announcements that occurred in the month of February 2021. I'm going to cover a mixture of topics, but let me say, to get the show started, I have never met a customer who hasn't welcomed the price cut. Now, if there's one founding principle here at Amazon that has stood the test of time is our ruthless pursuit of customer obsession. We start with the customer and work backwards, and we use our own bespoke version of a business framework that was coined by the strategist Jim Collins in 2001, known as the flywheel effect. Essentially, the flywheel model is centered around a price value equation. The lower and more competitive prices are, the more appealing products are to prospective customers. So Shane, why are you telling me this? So look, as we reach scale, we are able to provide services at a reduced cost, and that's where I wanna start the show today. Now, it's called the Amazon CloudFront Security Savings Bundle, and what it is is a flexible self-service pricing plan that helps you save up to 30% on your CloudFront bill in exchange for a monthly spend commitment for a one-year term. It's like a value meal at your favorite fast food restaurant, bundle and save. So let's break this down a little bit more. The savings bundle includes free WAF usage up to 10% of your committed amount. This usage benefit is not limited to data delivered by CloudFront, but applies to all CloudFront usage types, including Lambda at Edge. Additionally, in this model, customers can take advantage of AWS WAF to protect their web applications against common web exploits. Let me break it down here. Say, for example, if you commit $70 per month, you get CloudFront usage worth $100, you know, that 30% discount. And the savings bundle is also going to cover $7 worth of AWS WAF charges, which, you know, $7 will cover up to 11.6 million WAF requests because you're getting that 10% of your committed amount free. Okay, so it sounds good. How do you create a CloudFront security savings bundle? Now, before you create one, let's bring this back to, you know, should you? Should I make this commitment? And to answer this, I encourage you to log into the CloudFront console. And on the left-hand menu bar, you will see savings bundles. If you are an existing CloudFront user, you'll be able to evaluate your existing usage against a savings bundle or use a calculator to which you know you can put mock data in to get that you know, understanding on what prices will be for that next big idea on that solution you're planning to launch. Now, if you are familiar with the savings plan concept for compute, this is the same. So let's get into the nitty gritty of the details here. Specifically, savings bundles include data transfer out or DTO, HTTP, HTTPS request fees, field level encryption, origin shield, so CloudFront invalidations, dedicated IP, custom SSL, and Lambda at Edge charges. And like I mentioned to you, you receive additional benefits that help cover WAF usage associated with CloudFront distributions up to 10% of your committed amount each month free. In terms of where you should apply this CloudFront security savings bundle, they can be purchased in any account within an AWS organization or consolidated billing family. So it works in the same manner as a compute savings plan. The benefits providing by the savings bundle is applicable across all accounts within the organization or consolidated billing family by default. So you need to have credit sharing turned on. On the billing front, if you purchase a security savings bundle and realize you need to purchase another, 
Rest assured, they're stackable, so you can have multiple running at the same time. And remember, listeners, we are a data-driven platform. We emit a lot of metrics here. So taking CloudFront out of the equation here, best practice is to always keep track of your spend. And you can use AWS budgets with a filter for CloudFront and with a value of your security savings bundle to alert you via SNS or the simple notification service which can be as primitive as an email or an SMS through to a hook into an application like Slack to alert you when you're nearing or have breached your committed amount, which could then trigger a purchase of another plan. Lastly, you may be working in an organization that may have outsourced the billing functions of savings plans to a finance department. You know, not that uncommon in these larger organizations. Now, you'd be happy to know here, you can delegate permissions to an IAM identity with permission just to manage the CloudFront security savings bundle. Now, we can hone in more than just say, you know, CloudFront star in an IAM policy. So there's granularity at the IAM level for managing CloudFront security savings bundles. So please see our documentation for fine-grained delegation. I'm not going to go through the, all the various permutations here. All in all, this is a great win for our customers. And if you are using CloudFront or WAF, this is something you should be looking into. Now, let's pivot and talk about our application load balancers or ALBs. You know, I really love these load balancers. These allow you to load balance HTTP and HTTPS traffic with features like advanced request routing. And they are, you know, the backbone, the cornerstone of many modern applications. More often than not, these ALBs are going to be the origin for requests from CDNs such as Amazon CloudFront and other front door to your application slash website. Whilst we advocate modern application development processes to ensure our applications are stateless and use persistent stores such as DynamoDB or a cache like Redis or Memcached, there are times where our presentation tier will need to maintain state. Now, I'm using air quotes here to call out, you know, either legacy or COTS applications, you know, that aren't really designed for horizontal scaling. So, with this new feature, application load balancers now support application cookie stickiness. And they can do this because ALBs run at layer seven of the OSI model. So with this launch, you can now make routing decisions based on a cookie and set stickiness between the client, so the end users, people making the request, and the targets, members in your target group, so EC2 instances. This gives the user additional controls around the duration for which stickiness is enabled and allows you to maintain stickiness across load balancers that are chained together. Now, to use this feature on your ALB, choose the application-based stickiness as the stickiness type for your target group. Once enabled, the ALB will pick the target for the first request based on the chosen load balancing algorithm, remember there are many, and use the cookie set by the target to ensure that subsequent requests from the client remain stuck to the same healthy target. The ALB uses active health checks to monitor the health of targets and reestablishes stickiness with new healthy targets based on the chosen load balancing algorithm in case of unhealthy targets. You can use the AWS CLI by using the modify-target-group-attributes command to enable this. And there's a few parameters here around you know, enabling stickiness, the type, the cookie name, and the duration for the cookie to be sticky. But given we're maintaining state, you know, there's a few gotchas here. If you're scaling up and the number of targets increase considerably, there is a potential for unequal distribution of load you know, due to stickiness. In this scenario, you can rebalance a load by setting an expiry on the cookie generated by the application that is prior to the current date and time. So, you know, 
A little bit tricky here, but this will prevent clients from sending the cookie to the application load balancer, which will restart the process of re-establishing stickiness. Or you could set a very short duration on the load balancer's application-based stickiness configuration. For example, one second. This will force the application load balancer to re-establish stickiness even if the cookie set by the target has not expired. Now, be aware of this update, keep it in your back pocket of tricks, but you know, if you can be stateless, you're going to be in a much more flexible and manageable state. Now, moving on, I'd like to talk about image handling. Firstly, what is image handling? And now, when looked through the lens of cloud and edge, you know, we are referring to manipulating images at the edge. Perhaps you want to resize, crop, and alter an image dynamically. Well, that's image handling. And in this update, I want to talk about the AWS Serverless Image Handler. It's part of the AWS Solutions Library. And if you haven't visited the Solutions Library, do yourself a favor and check it out. The Solutions Library offers a collection of cloud-based solutions for dozens of technical and business problems vetted for you by us, AWS. So it's effectively us constructing the Lego blocks of AWS into solutions that meet your needs. And in this case, we're talking a serverless image handler solution. The serverless image handler solution provides a highly available serverless architecture, which is great, no service to manage, that provides a cost-effective image processing at the edge. Now, it's based around Sharp, so it's a library. Check it out in your favorite search engine. So it's an open source image processing library and it's optimized for dynamic image manipulation. It uses a variety of AWS services and we'll get to them shortly. Now, this version uses the most up-to-date version of the Node.js runtime. Now, just remember folks, you know, with Lambda, Lambda at Edge, there will be deprecation policies based on the framework. So the previous version of the serverless image handler is no longer supported given it uses an older version of Node.js which has gone end of life. Now, it actually comes as a CloudFormation stack. Under the hood, it's actually been using CDK to generate the CloudFormation. So if you aren't using this prior, you, know, you can deploy. Otherwise, you can upgrade your stack if you're using an older version. Now, there are some nuances on this approach of upgrades, so please see our documentation. So back to those Lego blocks. So making this all happen, we've got API Gateway, Lambda, CloudFront, Recognition, S3, and Secrets Manager. And how it works is the request comes into CloudFront. It's then sent to API Gateway, which calls Lambda. And Lambda will deal with S3 to grab the object and then Recognition and Secrets Manager. Now, at the time of releasing this episode, which is March of 2021, you're looking at a little bit more than $15 US per month for 100,000 images in US East 1. Now, prices will vary based on volume and region, but this will give you a ballpark idea on cost. Now, the cost I mentioned were for all of the features. So we're talking things like if you activate image URL signature feature, the Lambda function is going to then interact with Secrets Manager. Or if you are using cropping or content moderation, Lambda is making calls to recognition. Again, you know, additional cost. Now, if you don't use either of those functions, this will reduce your cost accordingly. Now, it wouldn't be edge chat without a few words of advice and wisdom here. So Lambda, firstly, has a 6 meg invocation payload request and response limit, meaning this isn't going to work for those huge images. Lastly, API Gateway sets a maximum integration timeout between API Gateway for all integration types, including Lambda, to 30 seconds. So if you're processing those huge files, you may result in a timeout due to the maximum integration timeout being exceeded. 
So reading between the lines here, you know, using large multi-megabyte images is a bit of an anti-pattern here. Lastly, you know, if things don't go to plan, and hey, sometimes things don't go to plan, the solution provides a default fallback image feature that returns a specific fallback image as a result if you have an error during processing. You know, as I just mentioned, uh, could be API Gateway taking more than 30 seconds. Maybe you've got more than a six megabyte payload. So rather than a JSON-based error message, you're going to have the ability to have a default fallback image. Now, by default, this is deactivated and in order to activate this feature you can set the enable default fallback image parameter to yes in your cloud formation before rolling this out well that's it for today as we finish our roundup for february 2021 in the world of edge at aws thank you for joining me and i look forward to continuing these monthly roundups in 2021 as i know some special announcements are just around the corner remember folks feedback does drive the direction of this Remember folks, feedback does drive the direction of this show, so drop myself a message, balshane at amazon.com. But until next time, bye for now.